You are listening to the Be The Bridge podcast with Latasha Morrison. How are you guys doing today? It's exciting. Each week, Be The Bridge podcast tackles subjects related to race and culture with the goal of bringing understanding. But I'm going to do it in the spirit of love. We believe understanding can move us toward racial healing, racial equity, and racial unity. Latasha Morrison is the founder of Be The Bridge, which is an organization responding to racial brokenness and systemic injustice in our world. This podcast is an extension of our vision to make sure people are no longer conditioned by a racialized society, but grounded in truth. If you have not hit the subscribe button, please do so now. Without further ado, let's begin today's podcast. Oh, and stick around for some important information at the end. Okay. Be the bridge community. I've been looking forward to this all week. It has been a tough, let me tell you, it's been a tough, I want to say week, but I want to say year. (laughs) Um, But really the last few days have been tough. And I was looking forward to this conversation with my sister. Um, she, She just told me, she said, you done had everybody on here. Now it's not my turn. And so... Kimini Euron, um, Sister Theology. She is a public theologian, and she's going to explain that to us, um, who received her MDiv from Westminster Theological Seminary. Um, Euron is a contributing writer for Hallmark Mahogany. Listen, I, I just saw that. I yeah. am so impressed. <laughs> um, she is a member of the Aspen Institute's Racial Justice and Religion Commission. She has appeared on MSNBC, NPR, And her writings have been published in The Atlantic, Washington Post, Huffington Black Voices, and her insights have been quoted by The New York Times, CNN, The Washington Post, and New Yorker. And I just want to add this. She's a woman of God, and I just love her. And I am so grateful to have her here on the podcast um, this week during this time in this season. Welcome, Akemini. I am so glad. Tasha, I'm honored to be here. So grateful uh, to be here for such a time as this. Grateful to be with you, my sister. Yeah, and I just love you. Like, I feel like we've met in person um, maybe right before the pandemic here in Atlanta. And that was the first time, but I felt like we knew each other because we had talked so much and texted and all the things and um, just, we all try to support each other. Um, those of us that are in these public spaces, um, so I know some of you may not understand, but you know, we try to make sure that we're just looking out for one another. And right. um, you always looking out for me and I try to my best to look out for you. Christ and I'm just grateful you. for you. I'm grateful for your voice. I'm grateful for your gifting. Um, the world is better. The church is better because you are alive. Mm. And so I'm so grateful for you. You're going to make me cry already. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I get to talk about that. First of all, this pretty book. Oh, it's just, so it's just like the words in it are pretty, but the book is just pretty. Like it's, oh. if y'all haven't seen the cover, it's like you know back in the day, you don't want to cut this one up. You need to get an extra one. That's right, and, and cut it up, and then you want to hang it on your wall. <laughs> it's so, so pretty. Yes. Oh my goodness, I'm so glad you love the the book, the book, and the book and the contents in the cover. Okay. Yes, yes, <laughs> I love it. I love all of you it. Put and so much then, thought into it. 
Yeah, and I, I just said we would be remiss if 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 we didn't. Um, I love the first in the introduction. How mm. uh, if you listen to the Truth T- Tables podcast, um, they always start off with "Hey y'all, welcome to Truth Table," and it's just that like that That's church right. music in the back background. That's and right. they said we're the midwives of culture for grace and truth. That's right. uh, we are Kimberly, Michelle, and Christina, and <laughs> this table is built. By black women and for black women. So welcome to the table, sisters. And then y'all always say how y'all doing. And I love how you guys are like unapologetic about that. So I want to talk a little bit about that before. we, Because this is the book is Truth's Table. So I want to know what inspired that. Why did you start the podcast? Yeah. So, well. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? Right. I just went in. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know. Yeah. So the podcast um, originally started in. In uh-huh. 2017, March 2017, but we went into pre-production in the fall. Actually, well, the last quarter of um, 2016, okay. which if you all recollect, okay. uh, that oh, okay. was during the presidential election between yes. Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. Oh, okay. And so we um, decided that it was very, very important for us because uh, we knew the way it was going. And we, right. we, we, had, we were like... If this goes the way we're thinking it's going to go, um, people are going to be having some very traumatic mm. um, uh, racial experiences and traumatizing. Mm. Um, even I would say uh, um, gender violence, there's all types of triggering responses yeah. to the, mm-hmm. to this election. And so we wanted to be able to stand in the gap and be the midwives of culture for grace and wow. truth, holding the hands of our sisters as we traverse you know, mm. through that very difficult, um, difficult right. time. Well, it's still hard, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, right, <laughs> that, that right. difficult season we were entering into. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right, and so right. that's why we were like, we need to start something. And we were like, we just didn't see any other podcasts out there mm-hmm. um, that tackled race, gender, cultural, um, culture um, and politics yeah. from a robust Christian theological lens, at least. Yeah. And if if they did it, it wasn't black women that were doing it. And so yeah. until this day, yeah. I don't know other podcasts that still um, do that. And so that's how Truth Table came mm-hmm. to be. And it was birthed in March 2017 during Women's Histories Month. So that was also very intentional. We're very intentional at Truth Table. Right, right. <laughs> well, thank God. Thank God, because it was needed and it's still needed. And um, I know it's been a blessing to so many people. And I, you know, I love the fact that, you know, you're really unapologetic of who it's for. Like anyone can listen. But That's this right. is who it's for. That's right. And so, I mean, I want to like, how has that been received? You know, because like when, you know, I know the world that we live in, this racialized society. And when you say that, even with your intentions, because people don't understand why we have to lift up our community and our yes. people. Um, sometimes they feel like the lifting up of black women means that you're putting down white women. Mm-hmm. And, and, so, and that's just a racist ideology because you're not understanding the history and the context. So like, what has the reception been like with that? Yeah. Well, I mean, we've, we've gone through many different 
iterations of with responses to that you know truth uh-huh. table we do believe in the importance of declaring ourselves and mm-hmm. saying like very explicitly this table is built by black women and for black women even mm-hmm. with the book truth table black women's musings on life love and liberation these are black right. women's musings right, right, <laughs> these are right. not our <laughs> answers to uh-huh. life. these are this is not what thus saith the lord these are our musings yes. what we've gathered um through our lived experience and so people you know there's been a variety of different responses to it. I think the good thing about declaring yourself and being explicit about who the show is for, um, who you who you have in mind when you're writing, um, is that it does implicitly, I would say, uh, teach people outside of that demographic, so non-Black women, right. uh, which would include, and, and outside of that will be Black men as well. It teaches yeah. them to learn how to yes. listen yes. Yes. <laughs> and learn from people yes. um, who have a different social location than you. that have a different experience from you to learn from people that are probably more marginalized uh, Mm -hmm. than you, depending on where you fall um, Mm -hmm. in this racialized society and in this system. Right. Right. Um, And so, yeah, there were some people that were just completely offended, I'm sure, you know, in the very beginning. Right. Right, Because True Staple has been around for five, um, five plus years now. And we're on our sixth season, the the podcast. So, you know, we we're not new to this. Right. <laughs> so initially, though, initially there was some like, oh, my goodness. But it's like just because we're centering um, black women doesn't mean you can't learn. In fact, exactly. you can learn a whole lot exactly. from a group that is deeply oppressed in this land yes. Um, yes. about what it means to not only be resilient, but to overcome, to mm. persevere, um, yeah. to uh, bask in joy and black right. joy, you right. know, um, right. it, but you get a whole host of that on the show and you'll get that in the book too of course yeah (laughs) Yeah. and so I mean the space is so needed and so what like so you guys had a successful podcast I mean like you said there was nothing out there in the Christian space like this and then the different personalities I think you complement each other so well and your your relationship even outside of the podcast like it um it just really exudes, I think, what it means to be a black woman yeah. in this world and, yeah. and friendships, you know, yeah, too. Right. And, and I, I think that's I love the beauty of that. Like mm. you guys are all very different and you have your distinctive voices, yes. your convictions. And it just works really well. And I think it's something for us to see, because for me, like, you know, just seeing black girls, um, you know, you know, I'm not like, you know, trying to, you know, knock anyone's hustle, but mm-hmm. just seeing us at each other on reality TV and just on, oh, right, you know, right, on TV. Right. I don't, yeah, I yeah. hate mm-hmm. that whole, that divide because we don't need that. Mm-hmm. We get enough of that from the world and from mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. white spaces that we're in that, mm-hmm. you know, the spaces that we create for ourselves can't be about competition. It can't be about, you know, um, your voice needs to sound like my voice or, you know, right, just all right. this competition. Yeah. It's all this like mess. And That's so right. I love that. And, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that you go, you, you have your disagreements cause we are human, sure, but yeah. I, I love what it displayed. It really, um, it came at the right time. Um, mm. because I don't like the messiness. I'm probably one of the few black girls. I don't like the messiness of reality TV. I can't stand <laughs> it. I can't stand it. I'm, I'm telling everybody, no, I don't like it. I know, I know. Look at me, I'm I, like... 
I wish I, I could say I was one of them. I, I was like, I do be liking my reality shows, but I hear your words. I know that's what some people say. I like the right. drama because it takes the focus off of my drama. But I wanted to know. <laughs> that's what that's people so say. But I wanted to know why the book. Yeah. Like you had the podcast. Why did you decide to write the book? Yeah, you know, so uh, so I'm so glad you asked that. And, you know, what's interesting is that what you're um, what you're what you're echoing back to me about uh-huh. our friendship, uh, uh-huh. the camaraderie at the table, the sisterhood at the table, are yes. <clears throat> the diversity within the unity, yes. if you will. Um, even with our various social locations, different positions, yes. right? Yeah. Uh, even theological yeah. uh, yes. positions or political positions. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you you oh. get those varieties, right? Yeah. Or you get that variety, you know, right. from the sh- from the show. And you can tell our, our different, like, you know, just views, you know, and stances right. in, our, in the show. And it's, it is pretty complimentary. Um, yeah. we, we compliment each other pretty well. And I think that's something that people have been saying back to us about our book, mm-hmm. Truth Table, um, Black Women's Musings on Life, Love, and Liberation, is how did y'all get this book, the three of y'all, <laughs> how yes. did y'all get, like, right in such harmony? Yeah. You know, and obviously, I, I think it's just a work of of the spirit, which is the mm. same way that the book really came about. Um, yeah. I had uh, spoken at a, a conference uh, uh-huh. many years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, some may know or may not know. This was a conference back in 2019, and there was a lot of controversy <laughs> over what was said, uh, the, what I said um, at that time. And uh-huh. uh, an editor reached out to me mm-hmm. uh, from Penguin Random House asking me if I had, you know, any thoughts about a book. And so, you know, I was like, you know, I have been kicking around this idea for my own solo book, but it's Uh still germinating, not ready yet, you know, to Mm -hmm. really write on it. But I I will get there. Right. Um, And so uh, and then she was okay. well, what about because this person um, loves Truth Table? And Uh she's like, what about a book for Truth Table? Mm. And I was like, okay, you know, and and other publishers had reached out about it, but um, truthfully, the advance money, they just couldn't afford, you know, to um, give us the right advance in order to make it make sense, you know, for the three of us to be able to, you know, sit down and do do what you need to do in order to write a book. You got to decline a lot of opportunities in order to say yes to writing. Right? That is so true. You know this. You know this, Tasha. So uh, you know yeah. it better than me. Okay. So <laughs> you're yeah. writing right now. <laughs> and so I um so I took it, you know, back to Michelle and Christina, like, hey, what do y'all think about this? And you know, they thought about it and prayed about it. And in the midst of doing that, um, the po- pandemic, co- coronavirus hits our shores and mm-hmm. things are now shutting down, the world shut down. You know, um, I would say mm-hmm. during season one of the pandemic, because it's still going on. Um, yeah. And so we couldn't get on planes and fly and talk and speak and do what we yeah. were accustomed to doing. Right. Um, right. And, mm-hmm. You know, jet setting everywhere um, to go and speak. And so uh, we decided, you know what, this would be probably, you know, the right time for us to go ahead and secure that that book that book opportunity and take this time to write. Yeah. Now, of course, we didn't know we were going to be as burnt out and, you know, still running on this rat race, right, you know, right. in the midst of the pandemic. We didn't know. We right. thought we were going to have more time and, you know, we, we had more time to ourselves right. and time to think. And that's not quite what happened, but that's all right. <laughs> so we had, uh, we got the, the deal signed in uh, summer 2020 um, and started write, uh-huh. writing toward the end of 2020, early uh, first quarter of 2021. And now, 
the book is here. It's when, here. And of course, it's in stores everywhere now. <laughs> yeah. And, and and I mean, the, the time frame of that. Yeah, because I remember us having the conversation back in 2019 about you possibly doing a solo project. You remember that? Yes. Um, oh, my and, goodness. Yes, yes, Tasha. And I oh remember that. And, and we were yes. talking about agents and yes. all of those things. Oh, and, my goodness. You were so helpful. Like that. And oh so goodness. I am... But I am grateful now um, that this like came out first and there, yeah. there's going to be more to come. Yeah. I'm speaking this like, yeah, we know that there's more to come. Amen. But I think to start out with um, this one, a black woman's muses on life, love and liberation. Right. Um, there's right. so much to being a black woman. Like, you know, and sometimes I think there's this That's binary um um, just this very small myoptic view of who mm-hmm. we are, but That's I right. think you 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 guys represent um, so much um, of of who we are as Black women in your diversity. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, with, yeah. Within within that, and so when you there's some chapters. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Um, there's some chapters that you wrote. And uh, what were the chapter, your main chapters that you wrote? And um, and we're going to talk about a few of those. And I also want to talk even, you know, I know you can't speak to Christina's or, yeah, you know, sure, or Michelle's, yeah. but we'll just hit, give people yeah. a little taste of what those are about Absolutely. too. Uh, which chapters did you write? Yeah. So uh, one of the first, the actual first chapter I wrote, uh, and, and it starts the book is um, uh-huh. The Audacious Perseverance of Colorism. Mm. Uh, then the next one. Uh, the next, yes. So, so actually, let me say it this way. So, uh-huh. the book is Truth Table: Black Women's Musings on Life, Love, and Liberation, uh-huh. right? And right. so, those those subtitles: the Life, Love, and Liberation, is how the book is organized right. and divided. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you go to life first and you will see yeah. we begin with the audacious perseverance of colorism. Yes. Um, and then within that same section of life, I also wrote um, decolonized discipleship. Um, and then in there is also Michelle's chapter about protest as spiritual practice, you know, so that mm-hmm. talks about her own um, origin story, actually. Right, right. <laughs> and also her, her experience um, as an organizer in um, during the... Uh, um, the the movement in in Ferguson in Ferguson uh, yeah you know after uh, Michael Brown uh, was yeah. killed um, mm-hmm. by the police uh, there by um, uh, so 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 yeah so that's life and then in love I wrote uh, hidden in plain sight a single black woman's manifesto first of all that right there that's yeah you that's a whole book right. by itself right there listen we gonna no. we gonna park there for a minute a little Tasha, bit <laughs> it is because listen it turned into a manifesto because i started writing it as a chapter and then okay. i was like wait a minute this is really turning into a manifesto and it's the longest chapter in the book okay so <laughs> That's there's so much to say there's so much to say oh my so goodness so much to say such little page room and so oh. <laughs> and then the last section um, liberation I have a chapter in there uh, called diaspora dreams blackness as the image of God yeah yeah and, and so, it's so yes. funny like I you know it's right here in the notes of which ones but even if if if, you, if it was a test and you and you gave me this book and you said okay which ones did <laughs> Michelle write which ones That's did Christina right. write right. and which ones did it came yeah. I would know exactly I would, would get them know. all right <laughs> Funny. I love that. I, I would love get that. them all right. I would get them all oh right. My but anyway, I'm just okay. Let's let's go back to 
Um, the first one, the audacious perseverance of colorism mm. in 20, we, you know, you can give people, you know, a brief overview of what this chapter is about, but I want to talk about like how this looks in 2022, you know, yeah, um, absolutely. so give us a, you know, and I, and I know we, you've talked about it on your um, show, you, you know, yeah. You tweet about it and all mm-hmm. of those things, and mm-hmm. and I know this is something that even for us, it's a conversation we have we need to have in our community. Yeah. Um, but also, I think it's something that um, the other communities can learn from because although it's it's, it's prevalent in the African American Black community, it's also in the um, Hispanic community, the uh, um, um, the Latin Latinx community. I, I don't know. Sometimes I don't know which one to because I know some people don't like Latinx. Some people don't like Latinx. I know. It's I like know. I don't know what to say. But um, I'm hearing Latine is how. Yeah. So I've been saying that. So I actually say yeah. that in the book. But I don't know. It does change quite a bit. But I, yeah. yeah. So I tried to say, okay, I think Latine is what people yeah. are preferring. But I don't know. That's yeah. what I put in the book. But I know it could change. So. Yeah. So Latine and then also um, the Asian American community. I mean, and I know your perspective even being um, from Nigeria, Mm -hmm. um, this looks different than Mm -hmm. what it looks like in America, too. So I would just, you know, um, love to hear um, your writings and some of the things you talked about in there. Yeah, you know, so, yeah, you know, the audacious perseverance of colorism is, um, Mm. you know, that chapter, I thought it was important for me to title it that way. Um, because mm-hmm. because it does continue to persevere, right? Yeah, because I was trying to make it clear that like, yeah, 2022, this thing is still here. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's still showing up and it's showing up like this, like this, like this, like this. And this is how yeah. it's impacting me and many other, you know, um, black women like me, dark skin, mm-hmm. let me say, dark skin black yeah. women um, like me. And so I think that, and I write in that chapter that you cannot be anti, anti-racist with, and be a colorist. Like, you have to be yeah. anti-racist and anti-colorist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got to understand yeah. the relationship between racism and colorism. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And knowing uh-huh. that it, it is racism and white supremacy that is the foreground. Um, um, that it's the roots. Those are the, That's the roots of colorism. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, although this is an intraracial dynamic, primarily... Um, uh-huh. You do see colorism practice even outside of our community, right? By yeah. decision makers and power brokers. And so I think, it, so let me say this. So colorism, just in case your listeners don't know what it is, are not familiar yeah. with it. Obviously, I believe y'all will pick up the book and you can read the definition there. Right, right. This is just my little, my quick, you know, um, summary. But it is, um, colorism is when dark-skinned people within, you know, um, an ethnic group are discriminated against um, um, because they are darker. And so Mm -hmm. they are discriminated against in ways that are detrimental. So with Mm -hmm. regard to even um, uh, uh, our interaction with, say, the criminal justice system, with regards to job opportunities, promotions, uh, this impacts our marriage markets, our our ability to... um, yeah, um, to have uh, as many plentiful options with regard to dating and then marriage. Mm-hmm. And so there's mm-hmm. stats and data contained within mm-hmm. this book, um, and particularly that chapter that talks about how the mm-hmm. ways that um, actually light-skinned women, you know, are um, have higher rates of marriage than dark-skinned women. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. then how mm-hmm. we, they receive higher pay than right. dark-skinned women. And they receive... Um, 
uh, easier or lighter sentences than dark-skinned mm-hmm. women. And so it's, it's very punitive, colorism is, on a, system, on a systemic level, but yes. also on a personal level. Uh, level as well and so for me that was really really important to be able to elucidate that um through stats through data but also through my own personal story about how colorism has impacted me yeah um and what it meant to be a dark-skinned black girl Mm. born and raised in california uh which is deeply colorist and so and and there's different levels to this type of um the colorism experience that you'll you that your colorism experience depending on where you were raised or where you you know where you live you know not not to say colorism is everywhere it's a global phenomenon Mm -hmm. which is why um it doesn't it's not just you know uh uh connected to just our own um black Mm -hmm. and african communities no it's it's definitely global like you left Mm -hmm. it out non-black um uh, racial groups and people of color also have colorism um and um within their own communities and so it was important for me to lay that out and then also lay out the ways that even white people perpetuate colorism yeah. right because still yet and still they are the ones that are making um decisions on mm-hmm. hiring decisions right who are making right. the decisions about um um uh, illegal sentences right when people when right. we interact with the um, criminal justice system and so yeah. there are still that 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 mechanism of oppression is still functioning sadly alive and mm-hmm. well today mm-hmm. in 2022 and, and explain to you know because um because in the book you write colorism is a offspring of white supremacy and i think some people don't understand like how you're promoting um even as a black person you're promoting the ideologies of white supremacy when you subscribe to colorism yeah yeah so you know because um well you know first of all we know that um White supremacy and whiteness is made up. It is a yeah. myth, you know, right. fundamentally, right. Um, right. that was meant, you know, to um, to stratify, to stratify, right, and so right. to put, uh-huh. of course, black, you know, on the bottom, right, mm-hmm. and white on top as superior, which is a myth. It's false, right? Um, right. And then, I've, as I put black on the bottom, I'm also going to name our native neighbors and siblings yeah. too, um, yeah. who have um, suffered. You know, f- mm-hmm. from genocide, which is why we don't often or oftentimes mm-hmm. they are forgotten um, because yeah. they have um, been disappeared. You know, yeah. but um, mm-hmm. we thank God for those that are still here. Right. So I think right. that, that's important for me, you know, to say that. But but yeah, so when we when we when we when I talk about how um, colorism is an offspring, you know, of white supremacy, well, it's it there are advantages conferred um, to people who are of lighter skin tone, right? Because on the color spectrum, right? Mm -hmm. Light is closer to white. It is not white. And I do talk about in the book how, um, you know, how we have, this is not about light skin versus dark skin beef. That's not what's happening in this chapter. You know, and I go into the history, even going into slavery about, you know, um, 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 what it meant for an enslaved person that worked in the home versus what happened for an enslaved person that was in the field and just Mm -hmm. talking about the the danger and the risk of both. (laughs) Um, uh, So that we are not, you know, trying to act as if they had it made um, in shade, sipping on lemonade. That was not the case That was not the case. That is wrong. That is evil. And that is also um, a myth of white supremacy Mm -hmm. meant to cause a chasm between us. And so that was important for me to lay that out 
and to say that. But because they are closer on the color spectrum, the darker you get, the further away, right? right. You mm-hmm. are from uh, whiteness, quote unquote. Yeah. The lighter you are, the closer you are. And so you gain benefits, you know, right. whether, you, you know, you're, you're still as a light skinned black person, you're still getting you're still experiencing right. racism. Right. <laughs> you're right. still experiencing right. misogynoir. You're still right. experiencing all of those things. It doesn't mean right. like you are black, no doubt about it. But mm-hmm. there are privileges that are conferred mm-hmm. to you that you may not even know about. Or you may be, mm-hmm. you might be right, um, aware right. of, right? And oftentimes our first interaction with colorism is actually within our own family um, systems, yep. actually. Yeah. Because we just notice like, oh, the variety of skin tones. Yep. Every black family yep. got, we have a variety mm-hmm. of skin tones in our People family. People will check the ears of a baby or check the cuticles of a baby Global. to see if, yep. um, you know. What if, color the baby will be. What color, eventually. yeah, yeah. Right. And, and, I mean, and I mean, it's prevalent in my family, like, our today. Skin. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, oh, this is a global you know, thing. Today. Oh, yeah. And, Absolutely. Yeah. And that was the issue. I don't think people realize how even in our systems, our our systems, even in our like um, our anti-racism systems, like you think about the NAACP, that was one of the 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 things that um, Marcus Garvey, you know, yes. was upset about, you know, yes. with W.E.B. Du Bois, like they were yes. saying, like all light skinned people. Come on. were working, um, you know, yes. at the NAACP. And I think it wasn't until you see Martin Luther King come on the scene that you start seeing more darker skinned people mm-hmm. being advocates and voices, um, mm-hmm. being a voice for the community. Fannie Lou Hamer, you know, That's like right. a, yeah. a lot of that. Elevator. So that this mm-hmm. thing goes back. Oh, this thing deep. goes back. It's deep. It's, it's deep. I didn't, I didn't put Marcus <coughs> and um, W.E.B. Du Bois in there. I decided to talk about nanny helen burroughs oh. but yeah i mean there yeah. were so many ways i could go and when because yeah. i took up so much space in the single i wrote i wrote about that one so don't worry about it. i had that one oh great right. okay okay yeah. cool 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 because cool. you know we did come you know what it was i we also covered marcus garvey and um uh dubois in our um truth and st- our colorism episode on the show yes too. yes so that's why i was like well you know let me let me take it to people. another historical yeah mm-hmm. i love that because the more you expose people to um the more they can learn and the more that's context right. they have that's but right. i think some people probably didn't realize about the college policies talk a little bit about that oh yeah, yeah. oh absolutely <laughs> so yeah so I, I yeah i put in there um so i, I don't know for, for me this is just the way my brain works is that it's important. And, and I guess, you know, for me as a public theologian, my job is to um, interact with different disciplines. So from uh-huh, sociology uh-huh. to history um, to uh, politics and, the, you know, so civics, right? Um, or what uh-huh. we used to call civics. I don't know what they call it no more. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I think we might need a new name. Because I, um, so, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But um, and, and then also my own ex- personal experience to make th- these subject matters that are very hard, very dense, really difficult to enter to make them accessible. Mm -hmm. And so I do have um, some additional historical pieces in there about the ways that colorism manifests and showed up at HBCUs, Uh um, at uh, churches, at black churches, where there were brown paper bag tests Uh and comb tests for black people to enter in. These are black people. (laughs) For for dark-skinned people, whether they can either make the cut you know the mm-hmm. light skin cut to actually be entered to be to gain entry into the actual church y'all to worship mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. worship okay this shows you like just how evil pervasive and pervasive like, it oh is. my goodness like it, 
This is yeah. it's painful. And it's, it's like it's self hate. It's like self hate. Internalized racism. Like that's oh right. my goodness. That's right. And it's worse. That's right. And HBCUs were um in the past. Howard. Um, very much known for this, you know, for yeah. also for, again, setting up a caste system. Really, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. And so what does it mean to be a dark skinned black um, woman, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, trying to crawl your way out of a caste system and you can't find any answers in the church. Right. You mm-hmm. know, what I mean, as, as a little girl growing up, 80s and 90s. I can't find any answers in the church. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't seem to find any answers like, you know, wh- why is that? How come I can't find this very huge issue that I have been grappling with and wrestling mm-hmm. with for the majority of my life? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? For over half my life, right, I've, right. I, I, I had deep self-loathing over my dark skin. So yeah. how do you deal with that? And what do you do? And what are the consequences of that? And that's something that I talk about, dangerous consequences that I talked about re- with regard to that self-hate I talk about in that in the book as well. And so it, it required a lot of vulnerability. I know. As well that's, as knowledge, but... Mm-hmm. I know. And I mean, do you feel like, you know, after you write, I know sometimes, you know, um, people come up to me and they'll say, you know, thank you for being so vulnerable. And mm-hmm. I'm just thinking like... Some of that vulnerability is not necessarily for people, but it's also for yourself because oh, yeah. it's like it's like a healing. D- d- was it a sense of healing for you? Um, and writing, getting those words out, expressing some of those deep, dark yeah. thoughts yeah, yeah, that yeah. needed to be said that can help other people. But the vulnerability was more or less for you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of so I in some ways it's kind of two-pronged. I I wrote um with regard to these chapters but particularly with colorism, I wrote the chapters and in this case the chapter that uh-huh. I needed, that 15-year-old mm. Akemeni needed. Mm. Mm. You know what I mean? That yeah. that 15-year-old, 14-year-old Akemeni who hated herself. I needed. Yeah. You know what I mean? I need, yeah. I wrote the resource that right. I didn't have. Right. Like, right, right I did not right. have. There was nowhere I could go. I was like, there, is there not? There's not something. Even when I was researching, right. I said, okay, let me see what mm. biblical, black women, biblical scholars that have done some work on this. Let me see where I was like, I'm not finding stuff. I was like, wow, I got to really actually create something. Yeah, because we still process it. We still process it. Like, <laughs> you know, and it's just, it's like, <laughs> we're still it's, living it and process it. Right. And it's yeah. shameful, right? It's yeah. shameful. Yeah, it's not something it that is. you want to come out and talk about. It's not something, it's really yeah. something that we're very ashamed of that we know yeah. happens and is still a reality, but there's a lot of shame and yeah. there's a lot of pain yeah. and there's a lot of trauma. And so that vulnerability was like, one, yes, I, I wrote what I needed. I wrote toward my healing, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, right. to heal my inner child and to uh-huh. see even my own growth. Like, wow, I've really come a long way wow. uh-huh. on this. Uh-huh. But also I wrote for the sisters at the table. Mm. You know, who I know are grappling with this. I know because this yeah. is a million dollar skin lightning, you know, yes. um, th- that whole industry. That's a million yes. dollar industry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I and mean. that's not, that's in America and around the globe. So I was like, yeah. nah, I'm not the only one that had this issue. Yeah. Like, you know, so I, that was important for me to write to them. But then I would see even tangentially, I would also say to the black men, 
right yeah. and the ways that colorism maps onto black men and so mm. our, our our brothers in the standing room section you know yeah. i was like let me write let me write this too yes i'm, yeah. I'm just writing from the advantage point of a black woman right, right? so i'm talking right. about how colorism specifically maps onto dark-skinned black women yes you know yeah. but there's still something to be learned something to be gleaned there is something that you could still resonate with um, yeah i think most black folks we all wherever you are on the color spectrum everybody can relate to colorism to some degree if you witness somebody else that had it or you've had mm-hmm. your own experience, somebody has something to say about color. Somebody has something somebody to say. Somebody has something to say. Somebody has something to say. Somebody has something to say. If you've been enjoying and learning from the Be The Bridge podcast, we invite you to join us in this work. You can support and sustain our mission as a recurrent partner at bethebridge.com forward slash give. You can also help spread this word of bridge building by supporting and really sporting our apparel. So if you haven't gotten your Be The Bridge hat, sweatshirt, all of the things, let's take the message to the street. Visit our online store at shop.bethebridge.com and make sure we're spreading the word about all the work that Be The Bridge is doing and will do. At Be The Bridge, we're doing the work to empower people and culture toward racial healing, racial equity, and racial reconciliation. And this work is only possible because of the generosity of bridge builders like you. So thank you so much for those of you who are listening and sharing our podcast, sharing our posts, those of you who are giving to this work um, that's helping us create resources and material um, that will transform hearts. Um, So join us at bethebridge.com forward slash give and let's continue to build bridges together. Thank you so much. To some degree, if you witness somebody else that had it or you've had your own experience, somebody has something to say about color. Yeah. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and it looks different for men, for dark skinned men mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. dark skinned women. So that's this is so good. And, you know, and I know and I know like the vulnerability and your words like when you put it out there before God and before everyone, there's like a nakedness that you, you oh, feel, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. and, you know, and sometimes you'll forget, like as the, as the book goes on, you'll forget some of the things that you talked about and wrote about. And there's someone to uh, 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 bring it up. And you're going to be like, Oh yeah, I did say that. Oops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, like, Oh yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, <laughs> you know? wow. right. uh, but it's, it, but you know what? It's freeing. It's, it's definitely yes. liberating. And this is when we talk about liberation, like, you know, this is a part of that. Now, you talked about decolonized discipleship. And I think it was like last, I think it was, maybe it was like in 2020, it was a couple of years okay. ago, you tweeted something and I'll never forget it. Oh, I think I'm, I'm going to tell you what you tweeted, what girl. I'm going to tell you. I was taking receipts. That is so funny. <laughs> you said, you said, um, you said some of y'all out here, Talking about decolonizing your um your 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 faith, um, uh, just make sure you don't um just just make sure you don't decolonize Jesus out of it or something like oh, that. Oh yes, yes. Some of y'all decolonizing your faith to the point that you decolonizing your way out the faith. Yeah, yeah, that's, right. yeah, that's what you said. Like, What's happening? What yeah, and so um, I just remembered that, and I was like, yes, because I think it's something to really look and examine but not losing sight of Jesus and who Jesus is. And I think um, in the midst of the trauma and the pain, um, 
there are many that are lo- losing sight of who, yeah. like Jesus, you know what I'm saying? And so, but there is so much pain and hurt so that much. has been inflicted, you so know, much. within, um, um, I, I don't want to just even say the white church, but also, you know, the brown church too, you know, Absolutely. there's been so much, I've experienced pain in both, you know, yeah. and probably more so in the brown church for me personally, mm. my story. Mm. Um, but, um, but yeah, t- talk a little bit about this, um, mm-hmm. this part of life that yeah. you wrote and we're going to make it to the other ones. We're going to make it, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to hit it, but we know we needed the color. We needed to cover that colorism, you know, cause you know, I have the, um, the black, the, the dark black girl privilege in hosting this because I'm a dark black girl. Right. I want to focus on that That's a little important. bit more, you know, <laughs> of course, because it's real. Tasha, yeah, it's that. real. I'm sure you have it's your real. stories. I'm oh sure you have your gosh. trauma. I'm sure yes. you got your pain behind it. You yes. know, yes. like even yes. even as a public figure, you yes. know, yes. you know when you you opportunities don't come your way, or you know when you've been passed to up or yeah. or discarded or dismissed or ignored because yeah. you're dark skin. You know yeah. it. Yeah. There's a knowing. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? And, and and unless you unless you are embodied <laughs> as a dark skinned black woman, you don't know. Yeah. Like, yep. you know, and it's it, but there's a knowing, you know, yes. so that was important. So I'm glad you did park there. You know, yeah. um yeah. with regard to decolonized discipleship, so that chapter, <laughs> you know, I <laughs> you know, th- that was it that's that that chapter has is an intervention, you know, yes. um, if you will. I love that. In some I ways, love that. Um, to me, it was important. I had, I had to. I felt like I need. Well, I wrote about. So there is a blog that I wrote uh, entitled uh-huh. "Decolonized Discipleship." <laughs> uh-huh. I wrote that back in February 2018. I want to say, uh-huh. and um, it was so that was really the um, the roots, if you will, uh-huh. um, of uh, of this this chapter. And so that was many years before the deconstruction, decolonized movement within the faith. Uh-huh. And so I was just talking about like, oh, let's hold on to the, the purity of the faith, the true faith yeah. that's been passed down to us yes. by the apostles, our ancestors, our grandmamas. Yes. Let's hold on to that faith, y'all. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Because it's, it's very different. Yeah, it's very different. OK. Uh-huh. Um, and so I was making those distinctions and showing, you know, like, uh, 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 no, nah, this is this. This ain't it. But this is the yeah. true faith. You know, and this is how we know, because the word yeah. says X, Y, Z. And so, and this is what the gospel is. So very much, that was what that was. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, fast forward many, many years later, we are in the midst of the deconstruction and decolonization, you know, movement, which I argue in this chapter, um, what preceded that or pre- what precipitated that was the election of Donald Trump. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. that is when people had very significant racial trauma because yeah. they realized wait a minute the people i worship with the people that are my neighbors the people that are my brothers and sisters and siblings in christ yeah. voted against my interests and voted against my livelihood yeah. and they still claim like that we ought to work and worship together how, how, wait 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 people had a hard time yeah, with that yeah, right and then not yeah. only just that and still having a hard time still oh yeah people are still really mm-hmm. still really yeah. till this day yeah. right i don't think the church will realize the damage that has happened oh. over the last few years oh. and if they're really taking account mm-hmm. i mean because i was just interviewing some some black people the other day just about 
I had a friend group and mostly all of them were in predominantly white churches at uh, the time. Mm. And now only one of those friends. And this, I'm talking about 15 friends wow. on a text stream. And probably one of them remain in a church because that church is really doing something. You know, they're wow. really trying. Um, but all of those people, you know, um, and I was, you know, and, and most of those people have been in those churches for eight. Now, these are not people that were just there a year. They were involved. They have been wow. there for eight years to yeah. 10 years. Wow. Everyone that I spoke with and when they left, most of them left officially during the pandemic when everything was shut That's down. Right. That's they just, right. They just made their exit during that time. I mean, like out of wow. six, six people, that's when they made their exit. So wow. I don't think we're, I think there's going to still it's be stories to thing. be told um, about this, but I think this is important when you say an intervention yes. um, and just, you know, of, of people need space. Yes. We have to deal with trauma. Sometimes right. we don't have the resources to deal with trauma. So we kind of latch on to some things That's like, right. you know, That's right. and so what, what are you, what are you, you know, in here, you, you, you're, you're talking about, um, you know, um, you know, like a lot of the damage and mm-hmm. when people leave and now, and now what now? Yeah. What? So, so, so for me in this, in this chapter, it was really, really important because there has been this pendulum swing or this reactionary response uh-huh. to the movement of mm-hmm. deconstruction or decolonization. Right. I, I don't see them as the exact same project, you know, which I, which I talk about, you know, in the in the book too. But right. um, I, you know, I, but um, where people are not taking serious uh, mm-hmm. people's valid issues and yes. valid hurts and valid pain mm-hmm. um and the valid hypocrisy that they see and so i really do try to legitimize that and validate like no you're seeing this right no you're right sexual abuse is evil it is yes. wicked ndas right. should not be among yeah. the body of christ uh, mm-hmm. all of these things are wrong racism yeah. is wrong that uh-huh. is spiritual abuse like you know, I, i'm i'm like naming like no all the, these things are wrong you're right that they are wrong, right? You know, um, but my argument in the in that chapter is that it is not the Christian faith that needs construction or decolonization. That that is not colonized. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It is the right. sinful additives. It is the um, our version of Christianity in this land, That's, right? Depending yes. on you know what your congregation is, what your you know denomination is, things like that. But that's my argument. I was like. It ain't the actual faith, the Eastern Christian faith. That's not the issue. And describe the difference so that people, because I'm telling you, like in America, it's hard to know the difference. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are Mm -hmm. people falling for the okie doke that them been to seminary, they got doctorates and they, they have adopted a Jesus that. Come on now. Come on I now. know not who he is. Come on like now. I, I don't recognize that. Come on. And uh, but as you familiarize yourself with the words of Jesus, like you say, mm-hmm. and understand, um, you know, Eastern culture, understand uh, what was written. When you, I mean, really looking, and it's like we almost need. <laughs> new um just new exegesis on on just on scripture you know oh, girl, to we, really we just, whew, help us bad. yeah because because it, it's 
those bad like hermeneutics and exegesis yeah. that has been done over um, centuries, it flows into Absolutely. also um, the black church, the Asian church, the right. you know um, right. the, the Latin church, like all of all of these spaces, you know, and it's like almost a, a you almost have to go back mm-hmm. and 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 restudy. Yeah, you know, and if you don't have that skill set, you don't know, like, you know, you don't know, you know. And so because sometimes when you look at it, but I I always tell people, read the read the red letters, just start, (laughs) just spend a a, a year in the red letters and and God will open up your eyes. What I I say, I always, but you know what? And that's the thing. I think that because we're so westernized and and because we are um, sadly. Um, influence um, and products of the enlightenment, aka the enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a very individualistic approach to the to the faith. You know, in the ancient Near East and in uh, biblical times, if you will, Jesus' day, people didn't have no Bibles. They didn't have their yeah. own Bible, personal Bibles. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, right. like I, I believe the not. Bible is the Word of God. Step one. Let me make yeah, that very yeah. clear. <laughs> I'm just saying it had to be read in community. Yeah, they and had letters. They had letters. These were actual. These are letters, y'all. They had to be inspired by the Holy Spirit, written yeah. right through right. through the apostles. But they it had to be read aloud in community. Yeah, and so that's something that I also argue about. Like these things should not be. It can't. It can't just be. It's just me and Jesus over here deconstructing yeah. or reconstructing. <laughs> Because you do things by your own image, right? And because yeah. we because we are sinful, we have proclivities yeah. to making people and and things in our own image. We will do right. that. <laughs> like right. I'm saying, right. if we don't have right. oversight, our oversight and accountability and communal insight, you know what I mean. Uh-huh. Even when we talk about, even when I talk about political education, the importance yeah. of political education that has to be done in community. Yeah. Like, so we yeah. can sharpen one another. So we can yeah. grow from one another, right? So you can, oh, right. okay, okay, you read that? Good. Okay, take this book now. Go read that yeah. and come back. And yeah. then we're going to have a discussion about these things. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. And so I talk about how um, we got we to link arms with elders who have been in the faith much longer than us. Yeah. Who have seen more grievous <laughs> iterations yeah. of white supremacy than us. Although things are getting real thick these days. I just don't even know. It's just, yeah. Anyway. But you know, but really like yeah. they have been through so much. These are people that survived Jim Crow. Like, yeah. and how are they overcome? And how are they yeah. still holding on to the faith? Yeah. So yeah. that, that to me was really important to be like, nah, let's try to get back. You know what I'm saying? To the, mm-hmm. to the fundamentals of the faith and remember yeah. That Jesus right now is embodied as a brown-skinned Palestinian Jewish man. He's interceding Mm. for us right now. That Mm. matters. That matters a great deal. That's not Mm. a game. So in that thing, I'm coming for iconography. I'm coming for misogyny. Too, yeah, because everything yeah. ain't white supremacy. I'm yeah. coming for white supremacy for show, you know. And right. I'm talking about how colonized discipleship also shows up not only just in white spaces. That's low hanging fruit. I talk yeah. about how it shows up in white evangelical spaces, white progressive spaces, mm-hmm. but also in black churches. Like how yeah. how does it show up? 
You know, and yeah. what do we do about that? Yeah. That was important. Because it's to me. showing up in all those spaces. It's, it's not showing Absolutely. up just on the conservative side. It's the liberal it's side. The, it's like all in all of it, and, and and people not knowing how to recognize it. So That's right. yeah, because you you break down what is colonization, and then you break down um, colonized discipleship. That's right. Uh, within this, and this is so needed. And I just you know, it's just and I and I and. I, I understand where people are, you know, um, and but we understanding the process of decolonization yeah. too, and yeah. you talk about that. And um, it's a lifelong you know, process. It's a, it is, it is because it's stuff that I catch myself like, where did that thought come from? Mm-hmm. Why, why am I thinking that? Why mm-hmm. am I reading this like this? Or what, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so. Those things um, have helped, but I think one of the things we can't be afraid to read, um, you know, we can't be afraid to read. So I think this is a good start, you know, so those of you who are listening to this and you're um, going through this or you're leaving a space and you, you, you know, you feel lost. I think this is a good start um, before you start doing some of that work. So we make sure that we're on the right track and making sure we're not decolonizing. (laughs) Jesus. Yes. And let um, me say this, you know, I think, um, yeah. And for those maybe who, uh-huh. who, who can't read, you know what I'm saying? Or have a hard time with reading. You can yeah. also get the audible yes. book. You can hear me, myself, Christina and Michelle oh, narrating yes. this book. So you yes. will feel like you're actually at the table. You'll feel like you're on yes. the show because uh-huh. you'll have the, you, you do get to yes. hear us read our chapters. I love you audio to, books. Yeah. You get to hear our banter. You hear us yes. laughing and talking and you know, you'll get uh-huh. the jokes. You know what I'm saying? There, yeah. There's some jokes in there. Well, you yeah. might not get the, if, if, if you're outside our group, you might not get the jokes, but that's all right. right. You, you ain't got to get everything. You right, know, right, right, <laughs> you know right, um, right. but I would say that, but then also I would say, you know, I think what's so painful to me about the de- the, the movement toward decolonization destruction or what, what precipitated it really uh-huh. is that the racism and the white supremacy that, that led to it is um you know I, I'm an evangelist at heart I'm like y'all right we got to get under we got to wave the bloodstained banner of Jesus the Christ uh-huh. okay uh-huh. Uh-huh. um but with that said I do believe that um you know I it, it's a stumbling block it's a hypocrisy sorry uh, and, Oh no, that's okay. You know, and it hurts my heart, you know, to see yes. that the the stumbling blocks that have been put up in the with the gospel. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just reading a passage just the, earlier today, actually on getting the word with truth table, where we read the mm-hmm. Bible on a daily basis and pray right. myself and Christina. Uh-huh. And Jesus talks about woe to those, you know, mm-hmm. by which offense comes. Woe to those who put stumbling mm-hmm. blocks. Yeah. You know, for little children, right? It's better for them to have a millstone hung around their neck and be thrown into the heart of the sea than to cause any one of these little children, right? You know what I mean? To to have, to have put a barrier between any one of these children and me. Mm. And well, we are the little children. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we, yeah. We, we ain't grown in God's kingdom. We are not grown. We are, we, we are children. Like, mm. You know what I'm saying? And what does yeah. it mean for us, you know, with our hypocrisy, with our abuses, yeah. to be putting millstones around the necks of God's children? Mm. What does that I mean? Tell you, ooh, I, I what are the consequences? Just, oh my God. They're brave. Whew, I tell you, because I I um, was just doing some writing on white nationalism a little bit. And then, <laughs> uh, uh, and just when you say, whoa, like, and just talking, going back to even yeah, the right. slave Bible. And, I, when, right, and I'm reading right. this 
And, you know, these were so-called missionaries that created this. Like, this was a global thing that started in um, Britain. You know, and I was like, my God, like, like, oh, my God, like, woe to you that, like, I mean, you edited the word. Like, I was like, oh, my gosh. And you think it's like. And and the seeds of this is still here, That's like right. you know the curse of Ham, like you oh, you see yeah. this in commentaries and oh. all that, and and it's just like, Lord, for you know, almost forgive us, like you know. But I can't say we know not what we do because they know exactly what they know exactly what they do. Exactly. My grandma still has a world size <coughs> photo of white Jesus that was given to her by the um um the, the missionaries in the imperialistic, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we yeah. want to talk about Christian imperialism. Yeah, that, that's also yeah. in that chapter. Oh yeah. Oh my. Oh goodness. yeah. You got to deal with that. Okay, y'all. Get, you got to read this chapter. Read this chapter. <laughs> now we got to jump on. We got to jump on because we're gonna be on here forever. Listen. But you also wrote, you know, hidden in plain sight. Oof. You know, I just just give a, a give us a you know a yeah, little sure. bit on why not just. I don't think. Um, this chapter is not for single black women. So if you're a married woman, please do not skip over this. The same way that we as a single um, female mm-hmm. should not skip over the sections uh, where Christina talks about marriage, uh, marriage mm-hmm. and, and everything. Um, I like just give us just a, a little taste sure. of why everyone should read read this um this chapter yeah so um yeah hidden in plain sight a single black woman's manifesto you know that one is a deeply personal chapter Mm -hmm. it's um a chapter where i'd say that there's a a deep soul wound Mm -hmm. you know um just the other day actually me and christina were um uh, recording uh, uh-huh. our our episode about uh, her marriage chapter. Actually, today's uh-huh. her 21st <laughs> wedding anniversary. Well, happy anniversary, <laughs> Christina! <laughs> you know, and so uh, we were talking about uh-huh. that, and she was just talking about how, um, you know, how obviously, you know, um, chattel slavery, you mm-hmm. know, since our people were torn from the shores of mm-hmm. West Africa and Nigeria and Ghana, you know, the black family has been torn apart and asunder mm-hmm. from yeah. that moment. Not even yeah. just starting here. It's right. never been whole. Yeah. 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 From yeah. there, right? Torn yeah. asunder. Mother, father, kids, you know, yeah. little babies suckling at the breast of their mom. Ripped away. Torn away. Mm-hmm. Um, and carried off and carted off. And so, um, and she's like, and, and, and it was, we were just in conversation and just talking about how even till this day and after emancipation, you know, the first thing that enslaved or, or free, you know, free um, black people did was to put out you know, um, ads, you know, in, yep. in the paper to find their spouses, mm-hmm. find their loved ones, you know, and that even now in 2022, you know, it's like, um, I guess you could say in this manifesto, it's like, where is my husband? You know, mm. you know, where are and vice versa? Where is my wife? You know, um, mm-hmm. ooh, sorry, I'm getting emotional, but yeah, it is, um, it was important mm. to write this chapter because there is a, serious serious yeah. evil afoot mm. there is a grave injustice afoot mm. Mm. this is a systemic issue yeah this is not pathological mm. it's not that black people don't value mm. marriage it's not that black women don't value marriage or mm. even desire marriage mm. it is that there have been mechanisms of oppression that have been at work 
for hundreds and hundreds mm. of years. And now we're seeing the full manifestation of that. And that's mm. showing up with such statistics as 62 to about 70% of black women that have never been married. And mm. many of these women, not all, but many of these women desire to be married. I am in the number. Mm-hmm. I desire to be married to a black man. Mm-hmm. And those options are very limited. Mm. They're just not available. Mm. And why is that? And mm. that is because of mass incarceration, mm. and which is an outworking of U.S. chattel slavery. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. which is why um, I cite in this book, or, I'm sorry, in this chapter, um, I cite um, Diane M. Stewart, her work, um, Black mm-hmm. Woman, Black Love, and the War on African American mm-hmm. Marriage. And she says that this is the, the civil rights, this is a civil rights issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a fundamental civil rights issue that mm-hmm. people should be organizing and galvanizing around and mm-hmm. have not. You know, and so it was important for me to write this book, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, this chapter, and talk about not only the historic systemic analysis, Mm -hmm. all of that is in the sociological analysis, that's all going to be in there, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, but also my own personal experience as a black woman who is um, a lifelong single, who has never been in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? And what does that look like? You know? Um, you check the boxes, right? Marriage is not an accomplishment. Right, <laughs> it's right, just a gracious right. gift from God. Some, some, right. you know, but it's not a blood blood promise either. Everybody right. ain't going to get married, right. you know? And so, right. but right. what does that mean? You don't need to be a black woman who desires to be married to a black man. But even mm-hmm. if, even if you're open to interracial dating, right? Mm-hmm. Black women are on the bottom of that totem pole, uh, totem mm-hmm. pole within the dating pool. Mm-hmm. You know, so so even if you're open, I have girlfriends that are open to interracial dating and they are still very, mm-hmm. very much single because we are not the ones chosen. Right. And which obviously because of white supremacist stereotypical tropes about black right. women. Right. Um, that 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 are pervasive through the media, through history, through print. Right. Um, through Hollywood. So many different ways, mm-hmm. you know, that we are, um, you know, objectified, if you will, um, where we, we are still um, long-standing um, singles, and what does that mean? You know, yeah. um, and how yeah. does that impact what the the black community on the whole? When we don't mm. have, uh, when we lose, we've lost a generation <laughs> to mass incarceration. Mm. You know, what does it mean mm. for the an- the aunties? You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the that do not have children. Mm. You know, and I don't consider myself child-free. I consider myself childless. Mm. You know what I mean? Because I think child-free, um, there's an implicit. Um, agency is implicit in that Mm. well no my Mm. agency was stripped from me I was Mm. not I have not I don't I did not choose this like you know what I'm saying and I had the choice I'd be married and have about two kids at this point that you know can Mm. God still do that yeah God can I don't know if God will Mm. but God can do that Um, but that was important for me um, you know to write about this very important Mm. Child, that I can't even. I, oh, I'm gonna no. keep my comments to myself because we'll be here for another hour <laughs> just on that one. right alone. It's that's a, a, that's a lot. That's that's a heavy one. But I think you know. But I think it's something powerful about saying. Um, because there's a fear sometimes as a black woman, you know, um, educated black woman, you know, 
um, successful black women to say, you know, this is this is the desire that I have. Like, you know, and um, I, I, a friend of mine, um, I have, you know how you have some of those friends where they make you say the things that you don't ever want to ver- verbalize out loud, you know? Yeah. I have one of those friends, yeah. you know, yeah. that does that to me and I just <laughs> like, God, I don't want to feel all these feelings, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. um, because I, I am, I'm a very, like, I, I am, I'm an outgoing person, but I'm a very private person also. Of course, yeah. And, you know, she she made me say that, mm-hmm. you know, um, that I was worthy, you know, that I am worthy, you know, um, um, to 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 be happy, to have desires, to be desired, like all That's of those right. things. And, and I, you know, and I was like, girl, you know, <laughs> but it was good for me to v- verbalize, verbalize that. So it. I think um, this chapter can can do that because you see um the struggle of so many you know um black black women you That's know right. out there you know but we you know even in the midst of that you know we out here killing it you That's know right. um got we you. not sitting on standby you know we're gonna we're gonna make it do what it does right you know we're gonna make it do what it do but i tell you you know and 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 then in your final um portion um of this you know um the diaspora of dreams i've heard you talk about that you know um blackness is the image of god and mm-hmm. um oh, yeah. you know yeah. and as you you close i mean and this is stuff that as people if you're a listener to choose table is basically um Truth table come a lot alive in print, That's right. <laughs> and uh, so the these are things. People. Yeah, <laughs> because you only could do so much on a you know forty five hour podcast. Oh, yeah. but mm-hmm. you're able to yeah. give more um, content research and That's all right. of that in the book. And I think this is just going to be the beginning of other things that are to come because it's yeah. so needed. The conversations are so needed. So how like in, you know, in this um, chapter that you had, uh, what are some of the takeaways that you want um, yeah. black women um, to, to, to get from that and not, and just because then this is the thing <laughs> in this Christian space, just because this book is written by black women, for it doesn't mean. Do you know how many books that I read that I know that I'm not Come the on. intended audience? audience but on. there's something that I can gain from it. Yes. Um, men, and I know I have uh, even a lot of white men that listen to my podcast. Mm-hmm. Get this book. Mm-hmm. Get this mm-hmm. book. I mean, I'm surprised. Like this young white men that are. Yeah that um that are actually that listen to this podcast so i'm challenging you to get yeah. this book to mm-hmm. read it um and to and and then buy a copy for somebody else yeah. you know yeah. and so um you, you know because there's something that you can learn it will make you um a better person you know yeah. the more yeah. we know the more diverse our understandings that's of right. the world that we live in us that's um right. it makes us better it makes us better christians that's right because if we're talking about we're connected and this is the kingdom of God. This is the family of God. We too are part of the kingdom of God and That's the family right. of God. That's and right. so it's important that we understand who's in our family. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. so anyway, what are some takeaways that you would want yeah. um, people to get from this? Yeah. So, you know, I think um, 
Well, first and foremost, and first of all, thank you for that. And you're right. Yeah. yeah. How many books, <laughs> how yeah. many shows do we watch <laughs> right. that we are not the intended audience? Exactly. They are not talking to us. Okay. Right. <laughs> so that's what it means to be black in America, for goodness yeah. sake. Okay. So <laughs> right, right, right. walk down our street for a bit, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and learn, you know, from us. So yeah, thank you for that. You know, I would say um, with this, with this chapter in particular, but even with the book overall, I think one aspect of the book that's really great is that because we say it, it's our, these are our musings. At the back of the book, um, we have blank pages that say my musings, mm-hmm. where our audience, our readers yeah. can muse along with us. Yeah. You know, because we know the subjects that we're talking about from colorism yeah. to uh-huh. protest and spiritual practice, decolonized uh-huh. discipleship, forgiveness, yes. uh, marriage, divorce. Yeah. Oh my goodness, liberation in multi ethnic worship. Diaspora Dreams, people are going to have a lot to muse about. It's Uh going to spark some thoughts. And so we want to invite you to, of course, write your musings, you know, on there. And so I think that, so the book will be very personal (laughs) for Uh you. And so you will actually have to buy another copy for somebody else unless you want them to read your musings. I mean, (laughs) so so you will need to. You got to get another copy. You got my two. You will need to get another copy because you want to keep your music to yourself, I would imagine. And then you can give <laughs> something yeah. away. And I think because of the topics that we're talking about in the book, yeah. because we hit on life, love and liberation, there's something in there for everybody. And so you'll be you'll read something. You'll be like, oh, my gosh, so and so needs to read this book. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. we were just talking to her about her divorce. And this is mm-hmm. like something that she could relate yeah. to. Yeah. You know, with regard to diaspora dreams. Mm. I thought it was important to talk about the black blackness as the image of God. Yeah. In light of white supremacist um, mm-hmm. Christianity, in light of white nationalism, mm-hmm. in light of the ways that our people have been maligned globally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because yeah. white supremacy is a global project yes. um, and has been thoroughly effective. It was important. And, and we know that one of the primary vectors of white supremacy was the corrupted, uh, corrupted Christianity in the hands of imperialistic, uh, Im- imperialist colonizers and missionaries, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so we are called to evangelism, so don't hear me not saying that, but I'm just saying the ways that the, the faith has been mm-hmm. corrupted Christianity has been proliferated. It was mm-hmm. important for me. You you mentioned earlier, Tasha, the curse of Ham. And mm-hmm. so I, I, I go into that. In yeah. this chapter, um, I talk about what it means, you know, to mm-hmm. to uh, uh, to be a black person in the image of God and how mm-hmm. we are in the image of God in both body and soul and how that connects to Jesus right now, <laughs> mm-hmm. who is presently embodied. Jesus did not raise as a ghost. OK, mm-hmm. if you believe right, that, right. you're a Gnostic. Right, okay, right. <laughs> you, you need to believe that this is a bodily resurrection. Yes, That's a yes. fundamental of the Christian faith, y'all. Right. right up there with the Trinity. We got to believe right. these things. <laughs> so, yeah. so I'm yeah. really just going back to the fundamentals of the faith. Like, uh, 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 these are the mm-hmm. faiths. And then I connect it. And so in some ways I make um, some connections to just, and I talk about, you know, the that myth about what it means to be, well, I'm black before I'm Christian. And, oh, yeah. oh, and why do we say that? Yeah. Like, you know, like, yeah. where do we get that from? And so I yeah. kind of I go into that, and then of course I make a connection between um, uh, uh, the foremost, you know, uh, CRT scholar um, Derek Bell, his work in Faces mm-hmm. at the Bottom of the Well, talking mm-hmm. about Afro Atlantica, this black utopian paradise, you know, mm-hmm. that he talks mm-hmm. about that so many of us yearn for. Right. Mm -hmm, Especially mm -hmm. on the heels of the Buffalo massacre, white supremacist massacre, you know, that killed 10 black people, you know, Mm -hmm. and and just all of the 
anti, um, yeah, black racism and, and police brutality, right? It's always like, where can we go? Where can mm. we go to where we can just be and yeah. breathe mm. and and have joy and 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 be free to be who we are mm. without worries or concerns? You know mm. what I mean? For our livelihood <laughs> mm. and for the livelihood of other of our other kin, you know, mm. and kinsmen according to the flesh. And so I talk about that and and wrestle, you know, with that mm. and that longing that I feel like every black person. Mm. has um to like where it where can we be you know that's why we have wakandas and zamundas right mm-hmm. because we're like and that's why black panther was so huge for us because it was like mm. oh my goodness like it was our little black bubble for just two seconds two hours mm-hmm. or however long mm-hmm. that movie was we got dressed up and it was like oh yeah my gosh. you know yeah. that that camaraderie that unity that beauty you know it's mm. so rare that we get to have that experience mm. but we're always longing you know for these fictional places right mm-hmm. it's like because because we can't even name an african country right, Be, right. because because we know the ways that colonialism and imperialism has, has yeah. also wreaked havoc in in our own homelands yeah. so we can't even we, we, we got to make up fictional places that's why mm. zamunda and wakanda exist it's like yeah. well why didn't they pick ghana like you know yeah. why didn't they pick nigeria like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Do you want to go? Yeah. You, you know the history there? Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's like you think about those things. And so I, I kind of bring all of that together yeah. <laughs> yeah. to bear yeah. in this chapter. And that's the concluding chapter. So I, I start the book and I c- conclude the book. Yeah. No pressure. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, wow, yeah. wow, wow. I mean, um, that, I mean, just all of what you said, you know, in light of what's happening, and, you know, in Buffalo, this like, way. where can we be? Where can we be? I mean, just, I mean, the power of that, like, when you said that, it was just, that's how, that's how I felt Saturday. And I still haven't, like, fully even had an opportunity to process because of deadlines and because of everything. But it's like, I think we're, I I feel like I'm still processing. I know. 2012 you know what i'm saying like like, you know and 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 this is gonna take um time to process but to see this happen again in such a short period of time um and to see you know i I, you know like i think someone said like the names pearly and you know all these names are very familiar to to, um to us you know and to hear this 86 year old woman that has lived through Jim Crow and survived. It was Pearly that did it in for me. Yeah. yeah. And to have to f- look at the face of evil in her last Jesus help breath me. like that right there. Like I can't shake it. So, you know, the world moves on, but it's like, we don't move on like that. Like mm-hmm. it'll be out the news cycle. It'll move on. And then when you see the language that is still out there and platform that is still um, promoting those that ideology, ideology yes, that, yes. that he's caught up in in high places in government places, oh, yeah. people in Congress, people in Senate, people on TV, like famous theologians, spewing, yes, famous, famous theologians. theologians spewing this same normalizing mess. slavery. Yes, on Twitter. Yes, I yeah. I, I have it. I mean, yeah. like it's just like you say. Oh, like I used to, I used to, um, when people used to say, and I almost feel like weepy too, it's like when people used to say, um, c- 
come Lord Jesus. Like, yeah. you know, it, it, and it's like, I used to like, why do you want to die? Like, you know, like, but when you do, when you say, where can we be? Like, it's like, it's not safe. And then you have your brothers and sisters in Christ that are not concerned about your safety. Like they more, they're more concerned about the bottom line. And it's like, I mean, when I, it was the early church, was, was it concerned about the bottom line or was it concerned about the people that represented the community? That's right. And, um, and I was just like, we have ingested something. I don't not, I do not understand what we have become. And, um, it's like, where can we be? Where can we be? Where can, can we, we be? be? That's right. And um, yeah. And you know, and I, I'm I'm so grateful for you. I'm grateful for this book. Um, I think this book comes as like um, a healing bomb in mm. the midst of a lot of turmoil, where yes. we just need a place to be. And I think this book, these words, are a place to be because yes. it gives us hope. Yes. Um. Not so much in hope in ourselves, but hope in the the God that we serve. That's and right. so, um, I'm 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 so grateful. What What are the things that um, you know? I know there's a lot that we're lamenting right now. What are some things that you that are like bringing you joy in this moment? Well, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's a great question. Oh boy! I know, right? Oh, that's a, it, it feels like a hard question now. I, it just—I know, I know. It's, it's like a the, hard week to ask that question. It is. It's it a just, hard week to ask that uh, question. You know, you know. I have, um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm great. Well, I, you know, I am grateful that the season's changing. Yes. We are on the cusp of summer. Yeah, summer is my favorite season. Okay. So, okay. Okay. I'm really, really excited yes, about that. Yes. I know that every season is changing now because <laughs> climate change. I, I'm, I am aware, but uh-huh. summer is still my favorite season. Okay. I'm grateful for that. So I'm looking forward to kind of you know t- soaking in the sun. Okay. You know, taking a little bit more of that. I am looking forward to a vacation. I'm oh, looking yes. forward to that. Say it again. <laughs> I'm taking a vacation. I'm looking yes. forward to that. Yes. Um, you know, and of course, what's giving me joy, my nieces, of course. Oh, my niece yes. Um, They give me a lot, a lot of joy um, yes. in this whew, this tumultuous time that we yes. are living in, yes. chaotic time that we are living in. I would say those, at least at the moment, and I'm grateful to be on the cusp um, of my birthday, 40th oh. birthday. Can't oh, believe it. I was like, wait, yes. what? Oh, when? When is the day? Well, when is yeah, the day? I want to get with the governments, but it is coming up this month. So oh, I'll tell you okay. offline. <laughs> okay, 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 cool. Okay. <laughs> but it's coming. Okay. And so, yeah, so I have a lot. Yeah, I, I'm great. Mine I'm is great. coming. Mine is coming too. That's why. Mine is next month. Oh, you're the next month? Okay. Yeah, good. take. Okay. We all need a vacation. Let me tell you, ladies, if, if you know, we all need a break. Even if it's just a weekend break, we have to oh, yeah. take some time um, to breathe. Yes. Like I've been looking forward to a vacation since my last vacation. Listen, <laughs> like, I mean, and, and I do need to like, normally we put in a little more space for me, but this year has just been yeah. very different because when you're in a writing season, you don't have those you breaks. But because of what we write, the heaviness of what we write and what we carry, um, I know I have to become more creative and talking with those who are uh, my, you know, 
agents and publishers like like this is different we're writing something different so we gotta we we gotta have some different rules yeah (laughs) i agree yeah Um, you're right because if not we'll we'll tap out and i i don't think i've ever been as exhausted as i am in my life like you know it's just and i think coming out of the pandemic and everything you know so i'm so glad that your nieces are um bringing you joy you know i got a little dog you know and and everything (laughs) um that has been so helpful over the last year for me um family um you know all of that the little the little cousins the godchildren all those good things um but because there is so much to lament but thank god for laments thank god that we have a place to direct our pain um that you know that um gives us hope that's right um you know um and it's a form of worship so uh i i know that this book is gonna just really help people um and i look for more to come and so um i know christina and michelle have their portions i'm like at some point as the year goes i need to get them on here (laughs) to talk about their portions too like you know give some some some, um some special um black girl privilege here you know um um, but you know i'm so grateful for you keep up the thank um, you i pray i pray it's a thank you for having me and i do pray that our book is a blessing to your community to your listeners of course you can get the book um well wherever books are sold yeah and we'll have all of that in um we'll have all of that in the show notes um and but i would encourage you to get um the um the audible too and but i like to get the book in the audible i know that's like for some people's budget but i like to have the book um and then i like to listen, listen to the audible because i like to hear voices yeah but then i like to be able to go back um um to a chapter okay um, mark it up and, maybe and mark yeah uh, and, and like that so i, I do so it. a lot of most people get they they get it from me twice you know I love it. but the I love great it. thing is about being in this position with the podcast and everything most of the time i get the book sent to me yeah you do exactly and then <laughs> and then i go by the audible that's though. right so Thank i have the audibles sis. just about to um to every um every book and i like to listen as i as I go and um, around the day, you know, um, and all that. So I hope it blesses you. (laughs) You'll hear our cackles. You'll hear our, you know, you'll hear our jokes. I think you'll like the the jokes. Okay, okay. I like a good joke now. Oh, the jokes are in there and the cultural references. Girl, you will. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you guys for listening. And, um, you know, as the community said, you know, this book can be found where all books are are so downloaded, um, you know, by the ebook, the book, the audible, you know, all of that. And then also listen to their podcast. You know, I think there's a lot to, to, to learn there. And I'm so grateful for you and your voice and um, looking forward to all this to come. You know, this is the thing. I guess this will say this is bringing me joy, yeah. you know. This has brought yes, me joy today. So right. this so. too, especially after a hard week. I was, I was, I know, I was right? looking forward to this conversation. I know too. that's what. We, listen, let me tell you guys. I have um, we we're on this um, platform and we we had some issues so we took the video feed off and so we hadn't put it back on and then when I got on here with Kimmy I was like wait a minute I need to see her face today I need to see her face like and um, we had to hook it up where we could see each other's face so we we're right here um, in virtual presence you know Um, but so grateful for you and 
Um, so thank you guys for listening to the Be The Bridge podcast. And I hope this uh, podcast is a blessing to you. Go to the donors table if you'd like to hear the unedited version of this podcast. Thanks for listening to the Be The Bridge podcast. To find out more about the Be The Bridge organization and or to become a bridge builder in your community, go to bethebridge.com. Again, that's bethebridge.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, remember to rate and review it on this platform and share it with as many people as you possibly can. You can also connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Today's show was edited, recorded, and produced by Trayvon Potts at Integrated Entertainment Studios in Metro Atlanta, Georgia. The host and executive producer is Latasha Morrison. Lauren C. Brown is the senior producer. And transcribed by Sarah Conitzer. Please join us next time. This has been a Be The Bridge production.